0: Good morning and welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host Alan Wozni and this morning I'm joined this is episode the first episode and Tony are you on the line? I'm on the line. So thank you Tony for agreeing to this podcast. So Tony I'm gonna get your name wrong so you'll change it's DeRosier? Yeah
1: that's really close (laughs) DeRosier.
0: DeRosier okay well Tony look I thank you for joining the podcast today and as I said this is the first Episode I've done. This is episode number one hundred and two, and I've done a hundred plus without the virus. And now this is our so you're you're the inaugural virus or COVID nineteen <laughs> podcast. Okay. So you know I, I wanted to tell you because this is the Calgary Business Podcast, but I did come across the Abigo. That's your company, Abigo, right? That's correct. Yep. Did I get that right? Okay. So that's, I, I came across it, I think from several merchants here in Calgary that use your, and I think one of them's is Linus, the Linus Italian market. And he was an episode uh, earlier episode, the Matthew Ray, but I could be wrong. So maybe we can start. First of all, you talk about your business and what got you started and then we can, we can go from there.
1: Yeah, that sounds great, Alan. Um, so like you said, my name is Tony DeRosier and I am the founder of a company called Abigo. And in 2008, I invented the world's first beeswax food wrap. And um, basically, I started to think about my fresh living food and questioning why we put this beautiful fresh living food into an airtight and transparent plastic food wrap when you look at the skin, peel or rind of any food on the planet and they're all breathable and opaque. And so that was kind of the jumping off point for me in creating the food wrap that you see Abigo selling today.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think back as soon as I saw your wrap, and I think it was in one of the shops, maybe it was at uh, the Linus Italian market. But I think back years ago, I was in, in Mexico and they, they bring these hot tamales to you on the beach wrapped in like a corn, you know, that from the, I think it was, you had to pull off the wrap, but it was some kind of a natural thing. Yeah. It, was, it would have been s- a husk, probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like people, uh, Plastic wrap did such a great job marketing to us, you know, but the tr- the truth is they've only been selling us plastic wrap since the 1950s. Before that, households around the world had ways right. of preserving their food using, um, preservative natural materials or different storage methods that we've largely forgotten about or really ultimately just different buying habits. Plastic wrap came out of the scene in the fifties and we started to wrap, store, seal, protect all of our food. And ultimately we've created a real food waste problem because we are keeping what is a living food in an airtight plastic food wrap. And what ends up happening is that food deteriorates more quickly as a result of that environment then it would. Or it they, was, yeah.
0: Or they use preservatives or something to preserve it in that plastic or is that, it doesn't matter.
1: Sure, I mean any of your packaged food has some sort of preservative in it, but when we're talking right. about, you know, cracking that beautiful lemon out of its <laughs> out of its breathable rind, you want to yeah. put it back into a breathable
0: package. All oh, right, yeah. right. So what's stu- what did you stumble how did you stumble on this? I mean, it's it's for me it's fascinating it, would you get stung by a bee and said, "Oh, <laughs> what? or you know, what was it?"
1: No, uh, I have a very good relationship with bees actually. I think they quite <laughs> yeah. appreciate me. Um I before Vigo, I was a holistic nutritionist, so I had a real um, intense relationship with food to begin with, and I right. also studied herbalism. So I had already you know, understood a lot of the properties of beeswax. Um, when I was creating the food wrap, I set rules for myself. And that was the; those were the. That was kind of like the box I had to invent within. So some of those rules were: it had to be completely plastic-free; it had to be right. a total natural material that hadn't been chemically altered; it had to be approved for food contact by the FDA; um, and it had to have some sort of preservative, antibacterial, or antimicrobial nature. Oh
0: right, yeah, and that's that. That comes from the bees uh, naturally.
1: Well, so or... setting those rules framed the materials I could investigate. So based yeah. on those rules, I started to dig into the different materials at work. And beeswax was a, you know, it was a quick and easy win. It was the other ingredients that really turned the go into what it is today. But from a basic level, beeswax is nature's plastic. It's moldable, shapeable, formable. Yeah. It's really
0: amazing. So the honey we So the honey comes from that, but so the that's the wax that's that in the cones or the 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 honeycomb. That's right.
1: Yeah. So the honeycomb holds the the honey that the beeswax produce, but it's the bees the beeswax makes up that structure.
0: Okay. So you extract. Okay. So let's let's step back because again, I'm my my chemistry or is it biology is limited. So (laughs) it's been a long time. But literally, you just said you you grab that wax from a, a a spent honey thing and said this could be a good shell or was it a, you know, you experimented with it a little bit? Um,
1: So I was investigating what materials were available to me around my community and um, beeswax is quite readily available. And so I started to just experiment with blocks of beeswax and testing it, um, different applications and different materials until um, I got to a product that was, seemed like it was going to work keep in mind yeah. this was before you could google beeswax food wrap so i had no previous <laughs> knowledge that this would work um, oh that's
0: amazing right yeah right.
1: so and and it was the combination of the beeswax the tree resin and the jojoba oil that really creates the moldable the functionality of beeswax which or of Abigo, which is that it is moldable and shapeable um, yeah. and it's those ingredients together that give it the antibacterial and antimicrobial breathable nature
0: Right, so that anti that, that those natural microbes protect the f- underlying food or the you know that the ba- the bacteria from getting in? What does it do? That's um, interesting.
1: Yeah, it's, it is interesting and it's 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 fairly complex. Um yeah. when you store your food in an airtight food wrap, what ends up happening is the gas that the natural food emits gets trapped and it turns right. into condensation, it falls back onto your food and it causes mold, bacteria growth and it causes your Incredible. food to rot. So right. what What's really important when you're keeping your fresh living food is that you leave it in a material where those gases can escape. And abigo is an air barrier, but it is gas permeable. So instead of the so gas... It releases energy, the gas? That's right. Nice. So that that essentially reduces a lot of that mold and bacteria growth. Um, just not having that extra moisture. But for sure, yep. I've seen, you know, I've kept cheese for an extremely long time and haven't seen mold on it when stored in a abigo
0: that's incredible mm-hmm. okay so so you stumbled on this pre-internet date wait wait so what's it you said before google you couldn't google this where was your resources the library i mean you're in yeah. victoria right yep you went to the library pulled out some books the old-fashioned encyclopedia uh
1: yeah so i just <laughs> investigated how people preserve food Historically, what were the principles, what were the rules that we were following? What were the needs that we were trying to meet? Um, I did that through reading a lot of stories, basically, because unfortunately, we don't have a really great encyclopedia on how to keep food fresh and alive. That's been largely erased by our um, relationship with plastic wrap and different storage containers that came after that. And then I visited a lot of libraries and or sorry, a lot. I visited a lot of museums just studying, you know, how did we make adhesives? How did we waterproof things? How did we right. protect ourselves from the elements? How do we protect our goods from the elements? You know, that was ultimately the process of inventing
0: it. Fascinating. So you, you started, okay, so you started out with the food wrap and it was, was it, was it a personal, we're going to help my family and kind of family and friends? And then was there an epiphany when you said, wait a minute, this could help businesses or was it all at the same time?
1: Um, I always knew a would be a product that could be found in every kitchen in the world. Yeah. I, th- I think that was clear from the beginning. I was early to the not wanting to use plastic food wrap. Keeping in mind, in 2018, or sorry, 2008, nobody was talking about the danger of plastic wrap to them, their food or their environment. It was still a very, very quiet conversation, but yes. I could see it coming. And so I always knew that Abigo would be a product that would be in high demand. Um, and so I positioned the company that way. I, I built the company so that we would be in the position to grow and scale with the market. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. see it's interesting if I take the context of two thousand and eight that 's when oil prices were rising and rene- the, the demands for renewable if i take energy because I worked overseas in a lot of oil and gas uh different environments and mining
1: mm-hmm. and oil
0: prices were skyrocketing, and this whole uh focus on renewable energy solar and so forth is there any any relation or just happened to be your own personal thing there was no content no there was no there was no connection with oil and oil and energy and things like that it was more just your own how you focused or you were already focused on this or?
1: Um, I think it, I mean, my focus has always been on the food. So regardless of the material that you were (laughs) using, I think what we really need to do is understand that, Food is a living organism that has unique sure. requirements, and it ranges from your bunch of basil to your lemon to your head of lettuce. They all require something a little bit different. So I think that was always – I always just knew that there was a better way to keep our food, and that's, that was my focus
0: yeah. for sure. So I just have to. I I just wanted to point this out. I saw one of your Instagram posts, and you had this massive. It was like a some award you got. It was bigger. It was almost as big as you. You're holding it. I think, and it was. It was. I don't know what it was, but it looks like you've done done well over the years. But I I just had to point that out because you're kind of holding. You're holding this massive. It was. I don't know some kind of a plaque or an award, but obviously you've done well. You guys are on the social media side, very connected. But let me let's 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 step forward now. And how did you get into Calgary? Did you start first on the island, Vancouver Island, or you just kind of started finding producer, people that would, would use your product?
1: Uh, yeah. So originally, I'm actually from Alberta. I grew up in oh, the okay. prairies. I grew up in many communities, primarily olds, and then moved to Calgary in my you know, late teens and early 20s. Right. So I lived there. I've right. always had a pretty deep connection to calgary and the prairies and i know a lot of people there so when abigo was um early days of abigo and we were starting to get into retailers it was a pretty easy conversation i had different friends connect me to stores that they were friends with there was a lot of um really great calgary vibes happening there good so that is that is one way that we grew in that space
0: So then you, you, you've you now, are are you in the shop? And then just, I mean, just for clarity's sake, because today, I mean, it would seem to me this is probably more beneficial in this time when people can't get to the, you know, keeping things fresher longer mm-hmm. with the social distancing and social isolation. Do you see a, a, a little bit of a demand from say Sobeys or Safeway, Co-op or, or just mm-hmm. no? Uh,
1: yeah, well, we're it's interesting. It's a totally interesting world. I'm sure all the businesses that you talk to in the next little while, we'll share that we're seeing we're seeing change in different ways. So a lot of the smaller scale boutique style stores that we were selling to would be considered non-essential under COVID-19. Right. So they aren't ordering. But on the flip side, those essential partners like the grocery stores, they are certainly increasing their orders and our online sales are really increasing especially as the at-home consumer realizes that you know we want to practice safe social social distancing we want to reduce our trips to the grocery store but we still want our fresh food that's right that hasn't changed so for sure people are recognizing that our promise that abigo keeps food alive is true and they are stocking up with more of our product
0: you know this is sort of an informal on my side it was you know just we were in vancouver and white rock a couple weeks just to pick up our daughter from university and we drove back and the shops there and it started the trend here in calgary as well where the shops are full of uh the fresh products but all the dry goods and canned goods are, mm. are empty so i would think yeah. your product would work well because you could you know, if you wrapped <laughs> those fresh products uh, the produce and so forth that's going to keep that uh, keep it preserve it but that's just I guess you'd need a fairly big a beagle a fairly big wrap
1: no not actually um all we have four different sizes yeah. we have a small medium large and giant and they ultimately fit any food item sure. that you want to store and we also help people understand how to use one sheet of a to store multiple foods or how to customize the food to fit in the wrap so there's Many, many ways that you can use Abigo to improve your food storage. At at this point, I would suggest, if you're thinking about stocking up on Abigo, going for our Champion Pack, which has a total of <laughs> uh, 12 pieces. Yeah. And that will absolutely... I just, I'm keep... sorry, I'm laughing.
0: I love it. Champion Pack. I just love it. I mean, just, just...
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> our Champion Pack. Available now. I don't yeah, those... yeah Anyway, sorry. I right.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's going to help keep... That's going to allow you to stock up on fresh food at the grocery store. Yeah. Eat like you were eating before and you know make one trip a week instead of having to rush out every time you, you know, find that wilted bunch of cilantro in your fridge. That's just not that's not life with a bigo. Life with a bigo is fresh food when you want it in your refrigerator.
0: That's incredible. But it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like this has not for me, I would think industrial or scaling up. If I take the masters of scale and Reed Hoffman in this, this things could be scaled up to I know I don't mean on an industrial big plant, but I'm talking about wow, this sounds like it could have universal application on a on a large scale. Have
1: yeah, I think uh, I think the concept of breathable food packaging and protective food packaging and s- products similar to Avigo definitely do have an industrial scale um, potential. We're really focused on the at-home consumer yeah. at this point. Sure. That's that's our market. That's where we get to have the the richest conversations. Um, On the industrial side, they have other problems to overcome (laughs) before they can adopt a product like ours, right? So they've got to be prepared to wash it in cold water and they've got to change some of their systems and processes around how they are already handling food. So that's a little bit of a bigger, that's a future thing for us. Right now, the kitchen is where we're at.
0: Sure. And you know, this, some of your, you you mentioned you've done some research going back pre 50s. And, you know, I was in and I'm just gonna I have to bring this up because I was in Tajikistan back in the early 2000s. And literally, I you because I was we were up in 3000 meters in a pass uh, near the Afghani border. And there was beehives around there. And I don't know if they were using this, but I do remember some of the local what they did for firewood. For example, they dried you know manure, horse manure, and cow manure, and put it up on the walls. The walls in the villages in the town were all made of this this kind of a uh, earthy type of you know mixed of manure and straw and mud but the manure, they literally mm-hmm. used it for firewood and it, it stunk. It like it smelled, mm. but it was practical and it was real, but it was real practical because they just re, it was like recycling. So, you know, I think back, some of those people really know how to live and maybe they're not going to, you know, that that's how they live in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And, and and I can go back to Tajikistan, they are the poverty's there and they just live off the land. And what you're talking about is really being self-sufficient, self-sustaining. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I I wanted to, I I get a little distracted. But like these kind of things, like I had Brianna uh, Laughlin, I'm getting her last name wrong, which was Plastic Free YYC. And it comes to mind. The plastic industry is, it's been around for a long time. There's a lot of uses across industrialization or commercial use everywhere. And it's all, Mm -hmm. it's all, plastic is all around us. And now it's in the oceans and, and we see that. So that'll take, that'll take time, I guess, to change habits. I don't, are you seeing that? As uh, slowly, or people are just having the option, they're happy with the option, but still plastics in their world. Or what are you seeing? Or have you seen?
1: Um, that's a great question.
0: I, I don't want to put you on this. I don't mean to put you on seen, this. I don't want to No, sorry. no, not at all.
1: I'm, I'm just trying to form for my response sure. in, in the best possible way. I'm definitely seeing people move away from plastic wherever they possibly can. So it, they, storing your food with a bigo versus plastic wrap is an absolute no-brainer yeah. because if you want to end food waste, you just need to stop using plastic wrap because it's destroying your food. But I think they, I think and we're seeing it today where I think we're facing this with COVID-19, yeah. we do not necessarily have a plastic problem, we have a resource management problem. Plastic is an incredible resource that is necessary in many 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 spaces we're never going to get away entirely from plastic but we need to resource manage it we need to make it so that it is recyclable and build the facilities that allow for that and make sure that you know we i feel like we just need to be a lot smarter and a lot more logical with how we are using all of our natural resources not even just plastic but all of our resources to ensure that we get to keep living on this beautiful
0: earth <laughs> you yeah, know it's incredible i've been i've been you, know, you watch some of the the dialogue because you get thrift the demand and thrift clothing and sort of you know that that has been a trend over the last few years but even when when i was talking to brianna the plastic free yyc we talked about the small closets in the 20s in the 19th mm. you know the early uh, 1900s we had small closets and we had less clothes right mm-hmm. our grandparents right. and our, our great-grandparents they had they had less clothes and so yeah that that kind of uh trend that's a it's a new trend and it's it's good to see young my daughter you know we were in we were in Qatar a couple years ago and they were talking about buying uh it's not thrift clothes there's a there's a term for it vintage and I was thinking what is this some kind of you know they're just using the old logos no it's actually just a different way to package up used clothing or previously enjoyed clothing so Mm -hmm. yeah I hear you so well, I mean, if, if, if Tony, if I could leave, I guess, our listeners, uh, there's probably more than four now. There used to only be four, and I think they've doubled because of COVID-19. But um, what would you say, uh, you know, wh- wh- what people can think about in terms of the, you know, the Beagle product uh, going forward and in terms of COVID-19? Because my one thing is, well, handling. I mean, maybe there's something to talk about there. Is handling, I mean, because it's, it's a natural product, is it going to transfer the virus or things like that?
1: Uh, well, I think you're gonna wash a bigo in your kitchen like you would wash everything yeah. else, except for you're gonna use cold water and soap as needed. So I'm not, I'm certainly not concerned about nice. that. I think that's so. It's so the soap, benefit... You can
0: literally put it under cold water and, and it rinses it through and doesn't des- destroy your the bond or whatever you've got, the components or
1: no, no. You're just gonna wash it with cold yeah. water, a little bit of soap as needed. If it's soiled, use some soap. If it's not, you know, it's it's really generally touching your fresh living food so it's not a big right. deal to just give it a quick rinse um i think in the in the days of covid19 we are all hyper aware of our food security yeah. so you know we lived we've lived in the luxury of walking down to the grocery store and picking up what want on demand. convenience convenience yeah. yeah and that's not the case right now so i would say use consider a beagle an an essential tool in your kitchen so that you can continue the lifestyle you had with food before social isolation now today so you can keep eating all those fresh things that would be how how something to consider how
0: long i mean how long does the champion pack last (laughs) if i
1: well each sheet of a beagle will typically last a year or longer depending on how you are washing it and how frequently you're using it so, I mean, it can last longer. It really just depends on use. Where you're going to be blown away is how long your food will last. So I can use a basic example. A lot of people are used to throwing their leafy greens in the, in the crisper, often without any wrapping at all. You know, you might just throw your That's right. your bunch of cilantro into the crisper. Yeah. And after a day or two, you pull out that cilantro it's and wilted. it is limp. Yes. Wilted. It's lost all of its moisture. If you were to do the same thing with abigo, you would lose less than 1% of the moisture from that cilantro. Whereas in the cilantro left naked in the crisper loses 30% of its moisture. And with, with that moisture level, that's where it becomes wilted. Yes. Right? It loses all that moisture to keep it perky. And you also lose a lot of nutrients from that.
0: Right. Right.
1: So... Well, that's the the number one thing you'll see is how long your food will last.
0: That's fascinating. That is fascinating. So you've mixed it with, and I know we're going back because I, I just want to know. So you take the you sure. take the, the wax of the, the honey wax, and then you mix it with resin from the tree. And you said the third element was, what was the third element, or which tree? So which we, tree is it?
1: So we mix it with a beeswax, yeah. a tree resin. We have our our special tree resin that we use, and a jojoba oil. Uh, 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 so, <laughs> <laughs> jojoba yes <laughs> most people know it yeah. as jojoba okay that's okay but it's actually pronounced jojoba
0: well i mean guests on my podcast have known that i'm pretty bad with there was a true kombucha and i kept calling it book true book because it's oh. you know kombucha is the as you know the i think a yeasty drink and i get for bacteria but anyway i kept calling it true book and he's like no it's booch can't you get it so right <laughs> Well, Tony, really, really thank you so much for joining uh, the podcast today. And I, I think there's a lot that can be shared. And, and I'm certainly, you know, I'll do my part to share this, the Beagle story in, in a small way with the Calgary community. And, and hopefully, you know, awesome. we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get past this and we'll have more to share. And you can you know, share success, successes of some of your clients and customers, how they overcame this the virus. Mm-hmm. Tony, Definitely. thanks so much and uh, have a great day.
1: You too. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate your time.
0: All right. Bye-bye.